0: Hello, everyone. This is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge Podcast.
1: i to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's going to let
2: me live to pack it
0: until all around the world it's been circulated.
2: Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Podcast. My, we've been spoiled (laughs) this month. We've had some special guests come across the podcast here in the studio with us. We had Brother Steven Nibale a couple of weeks ago in person. And now I have another special guest still from the country of Uganda. And I'm going to let Brother Tim Dodd introduce him to you once more. I'm super excited to be doing this episode today to hear more about what the Lord is doing in Ghana. Brother Tim Dodd.
0: Thank you, Brother John. And welcome brother James we're glad to have you here on the podcast. Thank you. This is brother James. I would say Nivanabandi but you say your name.
1: My name is Mvunabandi James.
0: Okay. And in in Africa often the first name is the what we would call the given name is at the end and the family name is at the front. So you're we would say James Nivanabandi but you would say
1: Mvunabandi James. Yeah, okay. Very good. <laughs>
0: Don't expect me to get that pronunciation right. <laughs> but we're glad to have you here, Brother James.
1: Thank you, Brother Tim.
0: Brother James ministered for us at the church last night. We had a wonderful service on Wednesday night. Some real powerful, powerful statements and and opening of the word for the life of the people, the everyday life.
2: Sure was. Thank you.
0: The One of the things that we want to do today, Brother James, is just talk about the Missions field as it pertains to your area of the world. Now mm-hmm. I know you're from Kasisi area. You, your your church name is Kakoga. Kakuga Kakaoga
1: Fellowship. Kakoga, not Kakuga. Kakoga.
0: Kakoga. Yeah. All right. Kakoga Fellowship, just outside of Kasisi. Yes. I've I've ministered there, and then you also have a fellowship right in Kasisi. Yes, Kasisi Town Church. Kasisi Town Church. And those are established churches, but there is a, a lot of outreach and new churches coming into the message in that area. Sure, sure. And, but before we get into that, I want to go back because I love your testimony. I love yeah. how you came in. You're one of the first believers in that region of Uganda, which is in the western part of Uganda, by road, probably 8 to 10 hours from Brother Stephen. Yes, around there. Okay. And it's on the border of the Congo. Yes. And so... Uh, You were raised in that area and a young man when you first came in contact with the message of the hour. Why don't you tell the story?
1: Mm -hmm. I was not really raised in Kasese. I was born uh, in the south in Kabale district. But uh, we had to migrate to Kasese in 1980. How
0: far is that? from kabale district
1: to kasese is like another 10 hour drive my okay yeah. so uh to me it is like maybe god intended that we 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 migrate because immediately i i reached kasese then god met me hmm. uh to go straight, straight straight forward to the point how i received the message As a younger man of 17 years, one day, I was just in the market. You know, we have markets there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supermarkets are just a new thing, (laughs) but we have our local markets. It was like an open-air market. An open-air market, you Mm -hmm. have it, right? So one day, it was a Friday because that market always operates on Fridays. So I was just moving around. Now, as I was moving around, I, I came across a human being. The reason why I say a human being, <laughs> I don't remember if he was a man or if she was a woman.
0: Okay.
1: But whatever that human being was doing attracted my attention. Mm. He was having uh, papers in his hand and was tearing them in pieces. Uh, you people in Kassesa, I know you. You probably listen to this uh, podcast. You know uh, women and men how they uh, they pack their powder, which they use in weaving baskets. Mm-hmm. So that human being was packing powder in those papers. He was tearing in pieces. I was curious. My first sight. I saw a book, the time is at hand. Hmm. Then on the side, there was another paper, a magazine. That magazine today, we know it as the Lord God has spoken. It is printed in Edmonton. Right. That was the one
0: that was done by Brother Hildebrand. Yes. And now just to clarify, you saw them, but they weren't there for... Religious purposes.
1: No, you are the, the guy was tearing them down to pack powder. Yeah, he was doing his own business. <laughs> so, what I did was, Can you give me those books? Then he says, Okay, uh, 20 shillings, 20 Uganda shillings. Mm. I don't know the value or when you, you compare it with the dollar, but 20 Uganda shillings.
0: It's right very now. small now, but yeah. back
1: then it would be worth more. Yes, it was like uh, probably uh, five cents or something. Like okay,
2: that. twenty Ugandan shillings yes. is zero point zero zero seven Canadian uh, dollars uh, in today's currency. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes. No, it's very small now because about four thousand shillings to the U.S. dollar mm. is what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow! But back then it would have been more.
2: Yeah, a,
1: a bit more. Probably ten cents, we'll say. Yeah. So uh, the the guy uh, gives me the the paper and the book. Then I went home. I started reading. Uh, I especially emphasized on the paper because the English that was in the book was a bit complicated.
0: Okay. <laughs> but you you must have been able to read English.
1: Yes, but it was a bit complicated to me.
0: Do you learn it in school? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I don't know why I, uh, uh, I majored on the magazine. Mm. So I majored on the magazine. It was not the whole magazine. Uh, he had already uh, done his work on other pages, but it was remaining the page where there is a circle of the Godhead and a page where there is uh, the doctrine of baptism. Okay. So uh, I read, uh, re-read, I read many times mm. until I was convinced that I needed to be baptized by mansion in the name of Jesus Christ. Right. Because uh, I received Jesus Christ in a Protestant church, Mm -hmm. but I was a problem to them because I would always uh, challenge them. On the scripture. On the scriptures. Okay. And one day they had to say bye-bye to me. They said, no, we cannot remain with you. You go. go." (laughs) Uh, My, my. So now, back at the point, I found out that I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But now, who is to baptize me? Right. What I did, I had a friend of mine, just an age mate. Mm -hmm. An age mate. Yes. A friend that is your age. He's my age. (laughs) In fact, we are three of us. So now I called that the friend. I said, "Do you know what? Let us go to the river, where where are we used to go to swim." But for me, that day I had other intentions. <laughs> so when we reached there, I said, "Do you know? Do you know, brother Wilson?" By then he was not brother; he was a, my friend Wilson. Okay. I want you to baptize me. You know, it looked funny to him. <laughs> said, "Come on, I want you to baptize me the way you see." The seventh day Adventists baptize. Hmm. But before you do it, I want to hear you say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. At the first it looked funny to him, but uh, he took it simple. Okay. He baptized me. My, my. I was the first person to be baptized like that in that area. Now, did he eventually become a believer? Finally, uh, we, uh, I called him with other friend. Okay. Uh, we sat somewhere and we started sharing uh, the contents of the magazine. Mm. Uh, after I came like a month or two, that other friend said, no, I cannot accept this. Mm. If I'm to, in fact, I'm quoting him. He said, if I am to ban... I will be banned in the protestants after all, we are many, my, but my, this my. other one accepted and uh, I can easily say he was the second mm. uh, believer, believer in the message in our area. Wonderful. Now that creates a dilemma.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. You're in, you've received the message through a torn up tract, really a torn up magazine. Yeah. So how did you get in touch with more believers
1: now? Uh, It was not until uh, five years later.
0: Okay, let me just stop for a moment. For our young listeners, there's no internet. There's no cell phones. There's no communication Mm -hmm. outside of letter writing. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only way to communicate in those days with people from the outside, is Mm -hmm. just to write a letter or receive a letter. Okay, Mm -hmm. carry on. Uh Five years later.
1: Now, five years later is... How we knew that there were other message believers in the country. Okay. Now, how did it come about? From Brother Wilson, we started now. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know how. That's why it says it has to be God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We would share with, with other people right. around the village.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It happened that every person we would share with would come. Mm. Amen. Would believe. Right. Remember, we have that on one magazine. Now we could go to the same market, to the same human being, mm-hmm. and he sold us some more message books. <laughs>
0: so his business now became selling message books. Yes, to you we guys. become now his clients.
1: <laughs> Where was he getting them? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because uh, we were buying the spoken word publication books. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember uh, he even showed us the the acts of the prophet. Okay. So we had some few books, around uh, 10 or 15 there. My, my. That's incredible. And by then, uh, remember this, we never knew that uh, Brother Branham was even a prophet. Right, right. Only for me I thought he was a good Catholic. (laughs) <laughs> because, you know, it is the Catholics who have brothers and sisters. Uh,
0: okay. Okay. Uh,
1: but yeah. to me, uh, why I loved him, he was telling me to go back to the Bible. Right. Remember, I had a problem with the Protestants. Right. I would challenge them in the Bible. Right. I would show them what the Bible says and what they are not doing. Mm-hmm. But here now, I get a good Catholic who <laughs> always point me back to the Bible. <laughs> and the messages, the few messages I, I was reading, was taking me back to the Bible. Yeah. So now, we start sharing. Of course, we are sharing with the people of the same age. And uh, by 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 uh, after three, four years already, I had people around me, and I found myself a pastor. Right. So a church became established. A church became established. Mm-hmm. What it, years? Early 80s here? Yes, now we are like in 83. Okay. 83. Now, as we are having a group of people you cannot hide. Right. We found ourselves now walking with the Pentecostals mm. because we are near the Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. So now, as the church started to grow, we are now like 40 members, 50 members. But the the, the headship of the Pentecostal people we are affiliating with found a problem with me. Mm. I remember one time, one of the bishops came to me and they said, James, uh, we would like for you to go into the theological, uh, theological college to learn more. And... Uh, uh, we see how you can be useful. I had read mm-hmm. in the message that, right. that the theological courage is of the devil. Mm-hmm. I said, no, 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 no. I don't need to go there because <laughs> Brother brenham says they're of the devil. <laughs> so I was a problem uh, for them. Now you're a problem for the Pentecost. <laughs> yes. There is a following around me. I'm not tuning with them. I'm already a Now, they started a plan to push me away from the congregation. Mm -hmm. That's when, because of their pressure, I wrote a letter to Brother Ewald Frank. Mm. And the letter had a few words. We believed the message. Mm -hmm. But we don't know if there is anywhere, anyone in Uganda who believes the same.
0: Okay. How did you get Ewald Frank's address?
1: Yes, his book had the address. Ah,
0: oh, you had a book with his address. Yes. On it. Okay.
1: But not the magazine. The magazine they right. don't put the address. Right. So now we, I put the letter into the post. The Pentecostals were very hot on me. In fact, they nearly succeeded mm. to push me out of the church. So month later, Ewald Frank reprised. Nice. Yes, there are other people who believe like you. One church is in Tororo, mm-hmm. another church is in Soroti. Mm. So he gave me the addresses. Okay, that's how I came to know that there are other message believers in the country. Right, I connected connected with Brother Charles Odipio. Right, that's in, in Tororo. In Tororo. Yeah. In fact, Charles Odipio is the first message believer I saw mm. outside our local. Right. Church in Kakoga. so that's when I I I I, I came across other message believers when we were already five years believing the message. That was in nineteen eighty-five. Amen.
0: Um. Let me interject here for those that are listening. Brother Charles Odipio was one of the first believers in that area. Yes, and uh, he's now an elderly man. Yeah, and not healthy. Yes, and if our believers or our listeners rather want to. Pray for him. I'm sure that would be very welcome to pray sure. for Brother Charles Odipio. Yeah,
1: Amen. Who was in Siroti? Siroti, uh, I, I even forget his name. Okay. Somewhere Otuya. Okay. Somewhere Otuya, I think. Okay. Yeah, I have never met him, by the way. Oh. Yeah, but he's there.
0: Oh, okay, mm. so you didn't meet him at that time. No, just Brother Charles. Yeah, Charles okay. Odipio. Okay, very good. Now, so the message was just spreading at that time. By you taking these little the little things that you had heard about the message and sharing it with
1: people. Yes. Now from the paper mm-hmm. to me a person, to one church, now what happened? The way the church is made in our area, people migrate. Mm-hmm. They are here, the next time they go to look for more land. Mm-hmm. Or for right. like that. So those who were in my church, whenever they, they migrated, they would start another church.
0: Mm-hmm. They would
1: start another church. Okay, Yep. So by by the time we are now in 86, when we come, uh, when we, we meet the voice of God, mm-hmm. there were several churches in the area. Right. So that's how we came to know other
0: message people. Okay. And VGR, or Voice of God Recordings at that time, um, they were in the country and supplying books, or you wrote no, to them. We we we, we
1: met them. I think they uh, they were they were first coming in the country. Okay. Uh, so we met them. Uh, Brother Kaliuk of Nairobi was the representative. Okay. So that's how we knew them, and they started supplying us books okay. and tapes. Okay. Now. I'm
0: just tracing it back as we go along. How long until you met Brother
1: Hildebrandt? Now, when Brother Hildebrandt came uh, in 1986, uh, I don't remember the years, but he came to Kampara Convention. Mm. Okay. Kampara Convention, that's when I met him the first time physically. Okay. Okay.
0: Now, when was the first time you came to North America?
1: Mm, that was in 1906, 1920, 1906 20, 2006. 2006. Okay, yes. so many years later. Yeah,
0: 2006. Okay, because okay, I knew you weren't there at the early conventions where I was there at Brother Hildebrand's yes. conventions. Mm. So it was all the way in 2006, yes. which would have probably been the first time I met you. Yes. In 2006. Yeah.
2: Very good. Now, so d- let's d- go. I f- just needed to interject here. Yeah. Um For those that are in service yesterday, they don't understand where I'm coming from. It's just incredible how Brother James came to the Mr. of the Hour, got moved from what you were raised, come to that area, and for you go to, to go into that market... You had to find the message in that place called there. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. I met the message in that place
1: called there. Amen. Yeah. And from that time, mm-hmm. things were different. Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right.
0: Now we're going to jump forward all the way to, we've talked with Brother Stephen about the current awakening going on in his part of the country. And we talked about it the other day when we were fellowshipping and I I thought you said something very powerful that needs to be said again. And that is that in the early days when you brothers, pastors of different churches were trying to show the denominational people the reality of the truth and going back to the beginning, that's all you shared was the truth, and the truth set people free. And the, yeah. and and by that, people became a part of message churches in that area, and different churches began to be established as people moved. But still, there was a great resistance, as you already said, amongst the Pentecostals yeah, and other groups as well, Presbyterians, Baptists, Seventh-day Adventists, whatever. But now,
1: something's different. Yes. Look here. In those days, in the early 80s, Either we were being despised because we are youth. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because remember these churches were were well established, right? And I came to realize that the bishop knew about the message, mm-hmm. because one day he said, "James, if you would if you would put aside these materials you are reading, you would be a good guy."
2: Hmm.
1: Then I said, Bishop. I would rather become enemies with you right now, right now, mm. than doing with my books. Amen. So uh, youthful as we were, still we were charismatic. Mm. Of course, our mode of transport was working. Right. But uh, we would wake up early, go in our fields, uh, cultivate by... Hands. Mm-hmm. Then at uh, around 11, we would wash and start evangelizing. 11 in the morning?
0: Yes. So you would, now you're in a rural area. Yes. You currently We farm. do a house to house. Right. But you currently farm. How many acres do you farm?
1: Um, right now, um, I have uh, 30 acres.
0: Okay. In those days, what, what were you farming? I
1: at? had nothing. I had, I just, uh, I was cultivating like a, a quarter acre.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. that.
1: And by hand? By hand.
0: Okay. And you'd work all morning till 11? Yes. Wash up? Yes. And go house to house? And go house to
1: house. Bye. Then uh, we, we also had uh, open air evangelism. Sure. Now don't laugh. <laughs> by then <laughs> I mean, we I didn't have <laughs> loudspeakers. Right. But what we did we would uh, make funnels. Okay. Yep. Thin funnels. Yep. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And then speak through those funnels. Right. My, they they did the work. Probably that's why the denominations despised us. Despised us. <laughs> right. But it worked.
0: It was a way of amplifying your voice yes. in a certain direction.
1: Uh, in a certain direction. Yeah. Yeah. Then we would walk. Uh, others would walk distances uh, 40 kilometers, 30 kilometers. But as I told you, immigration mm-hmm. did a lot of
0: spreading. Right, right.
1: It was not easy. And it wasn't well received? Yeah, it was not well received. But still, God worked. Mm-hmm. Because now you see from 80 up to 2000 and uh, just like six years ago. Okay, so
0: say about 2000. And 17, mm-hmm. which is about what we trace the awakening back in yes. East also. Yes,
1: six years ago. Yeah. Uh, we can easily say that from a magazine to one person, to one church, by 2017, we had already started translating messages in Runyakitara. Right. And when we would finish printing books on our mailing list, on our Mm -hmm. receiving list, Mm -hmm. we are having now more than 200 pastors Mm. coming to pick. In 2017? Yes. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. So really, you see, God had done his job. Mm -hmm. Amen. Whereby I cannot say that I'm the one who personally, Mm -hmm. uh, you see, God has his ways, Mm -hmm. has his ways. You wonder, you see pastors coming you just shake your head and say, "This has to be God." Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Now come twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, things change. Yeah. I usually say, "I don't know which right button we clicked." Yeah. <laughs> but whatever button was clicked, things changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As I was telling you, uh, even as I testified, mm-hmm. like. Uh, a, a Pentecostal friend which I had who used to invite me just to use me because I, I, I he liked my preaching, mm-hmm. but he never liked the message. And for me, I told him that he has people. I want his people, mm-hmm. though I know he's antagonistic. Right. You see, that's the evangelistic point of view.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: I know you have people. Mm -hmm. and you are a catchment area. Mm -hmm. So he would invite me and I come and preach until his people realized that there is a difference. So when I would leave the box, he would make sure that after preaching, he dilutes everything that I have preached. Mm. And I knew he was doing that. But as long as he gave me the open door, I would use it. Now what I would do, see how hostile people were I would leave the messages with him and would pack all the message books to the toilet. Mm. Now he never knew what was happening in the toilet. Mm-hmm. His members of the church, when they would go into the toilet, they finally took interest <laughs> in the papers which were there. <laughs> so they would go and pick the books in the toilet. Right, right. Finally, they accepted the message, <laughs> and they, they they forced him out of the pulpit. Mm. The church became a message church. Amen. So now, 2017, things now become easier. Mm. Those people who were hostile to us started inviting us. The people that were hostile began to invite you. Yes. Okay. You, A person who, like a pastor who never wanted even to greet you, mm. this time now he's greeting you mm. and is inviting you into his church. Mm. Then you come into his church, you start to preach. After preaching, it is like, how many would like to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? My, the whole church My. rises up. Glory. And he's like, have you really understood? Mm. Yes, we have understood. To be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is to know that the baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is long. Have you understood? Yes.
0: Mm, amen. Then
1: you would say, come on, please. What I'm meaning <laughs> is baptism in the name of the Father <laughs> and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is the divorce password. Right. But God's password is is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you understood? Yeah. Then you go and baptize. Amen. Amen. It became so simple like that. Yeah. It is unfortunate that some of the message pastors deny that there is a revival in Uganda. Mm. Simply because what is taking place is not in what I can call their camp. Sure. But there is a revival in Uganda. Amen. Only those who are denying, they are denying simply because God is not using them. Sure. Sure. Instead of supporting the cause, they would rather criticize it. Mm. Yeah. But I personally, I see that there is something phenomenal taking place. I agree. Many people are believing the message at a pace we never thought before.
0: Phenomenal is a good word to describe it. Yeah. It's a phenomenon. It
2: is phenomenal. Brother Stephen Bali was here recently and we had him on the podcast and he he told us this, which was a pretty incredible statement. He says, if you don't believe what's happening, it's because you've not become a part of it.
1: Yes, that's that's all.
2: That's exactly what you're describing, Brother James. Once you're a part of it, then how can you not believe? Because you're you're seeing it happening. You're mm-hmm. part of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is simple or uh, out of just uh, that jealousy, mm-hmm. uh, because it is not it is not happening in your circles. So you deliberately say it is not taking place, but that you don't believe in it does not stop it from happening. Right, it is happening. And I think one of the
0: key things, or one of the things that you've said, was very profound, it struck me very much the other day, as you talked about this church that you said, are you ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? And they were, and then you explained it again, and you explained it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The I think the shock part of it is that you're not telling them anything different than what you told them 30, yeah. 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing you've been saying for 30 thing. or 40 years. Mm. All of a sudden, their eyes are becoming open. Yeah, and they're realizing, yes, that's the truth. I must be baptized in the name of Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. So that's why we have to say, this has to be God. Exactly. Yeah. The time is at hand. Amen. So uh many churches. Now, uh, the, the fact is, everywhere in Uganda, these things are happening. Yeah. Amen. Everywhere in Uganda, these things are happening. But of course, uh not everybody uh, is... Uh, what do I say? You see, there, uh, like in the central uh, where Brother Stephen is, mm-hmm. uh, where communication is easy and uh, sure, uh, uh, things can be known easily. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is happening nearly everywhere. My wonderful, and that's that just reiterates
0: as much as we have seen and shared with the people, whether it be the listeners of this podcast. Whether it be people that follow our articles, our videos, all of that, that what we have shared, which is huge, is only a part. It is only a part, and that region might only be maybe a quarter of the country. Yeah, and and there's many different languages in yeah. which
1: this is taking place. Because Uganda has a, is a country of fifty six different languages. My. Though they are, they are, they are, they are, they are
0: grouped together.
1: Grouped into like mm-hmm. six major languages. Right,
0: right. Now, how is it possible? I think that you have these ministers, and your your region, if I can say it this way, is a very poor region. Yes, uh, the people are largely uh, on foot. Yeah. They don't have transportation? No. Nor money for transportation? Sure. So what do you, the ministers, how are the ministers able to follow up?
1: Now that is the, that is the challenge. That is one of the challenges. Of course, like uh, now we come into 2010, 2020, uh, of course, with the support of brothers like you, uh, we have radio uh, programs mm-hmm. because we have uh, local FM radios.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You find now that the the spreading of the gospel now has gone far. Okay, for example, like uh, in Kasese, we are on Ngeya Radio, just a local FM station, mm-hmm. but its waves goes like uh, three hundred kilometers. Mm. so you hear somebody from the hills say, we are listening. Mm. Others make even groups. They tell you, we are 20 people, and every Friday we are listening to you.
0: Amen. You know how you
1: feel about that.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, do do they call you to go and visit them?
1: Yes, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Of course, when they say, we are a group of this many, and every day we are at, we are listening to you, and of course after the program they ring you asking questions, mm-hmm. because uh, what happens, like for me I don't I don't accept questions on the air, okay, because the uh, the time is limited, right, it is one hour, mm-hmm. so when you allow questions, it is you preach for thirty minutes, right. But after we, or those people who have been listening, Mm -hmm. then ask questions. Right. That's where we know who to baptize or where to go for follow-up. Now that's where the weakness is. Right. Uh, We organize some funds the best we can. Mm -hmm. Then we send some brothers. I personally, I cannot go everywhere. Mm -hmm. I go somewhere and... uh, uh other brothers i have three of them they they go elsewhere but we meet a lot of challenges
0: right now between the four of you you've got three brothers that work with you and yourself yes how many vehicles do you have
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> uh, you're talking about vehicles later don't <laughs> even bicycles <laughs> <laughs>
0: You have one vehicle? Yeah,
1: it is me who has a
0: vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted you, I just wanted you to say that on the air. <laughs> it is I, me. I knew that, but I wanted you to say it. And motorcycles? No motorcycles? No, no motorcycles. No bicycles? No bicycles. Okay. Yeah. Well, the people are hearing firsthand what the need is in the area. Yeah. There's, oh, there's souls by the hundreds and even thousands that are coming into the message as it's being broadcast over the airwaves and getting to the people even to pay... For to ride the bus, yeah, takes money. It takes money, and <laughs> uh, these ministers and this outreach needs our support.
1: Yes, we, are, we need real support in that area. Amen. So
0: now you're, you're. We want the people to know that, and and certainly, if people want to uh, give towards that cause, and it, and particularly to Western Uganda which, in my view, is an underserviced area.
1: Yeah, okay, think- and Brother Tim, there is another challenge again. Uh-huh. You know, uh, this revival is measuring Pentecostal churches. Sure. Now what we discovered is these Pentecostal churches, they don't give Bibles to the people. Exactly. You find a person, he's saved, but he has never read the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible... He knows is what he's being taught on the parapet. Mm-hmm. So we discovered that when a person gets saved, the right thing to do is give him a Bible. Yes. Then after giving him a Bible, introduce the message to him. Mm-hmm. So we have found out that many of these people don't have Bibles. Right. That's one thing.
2: Is mm-hmm. that, are those Bibles in English or Bibles in No, in our uh, in local Rang- language. Ranyakitara. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is uh, uh, Arunyakitara, you see, uh, when we go on the Bibles, Arunyakitara is, a, is is a language that combines four different languages. Okay. There is Runyankole Ruchiga, there is Runyoro Rutoro. So you find that there is a Bible in Runyankole Ruchiga.
2: Okay.
1: Then there is a Bible in Rutoro. Then we have another, another tribe called Bakonjo. In Congo, they are the Nandis. Okay, you find that they they have their language, mm. they have their Bible Kinandi. So you find that these are people who are just shouting, speaking in tongues, but they don't have Bibles. Wow. Mm. So we have found that that is also a challenge. Yeah, but we thank God, uh, you gave us some Bibles. Mm-hmm. And, and the other day when he was in America, I was connected to. Brother. Coffee
0: Berry coffee uh-huh. yeah, yeah. vision books. Yes, okay. I
1: have never met him. Okay, but when uh, I wrote to him, uh, he decided he decided that he'll be uh, sending some few Bibles. Very good. Yeah, uh, he... I
0: spoke to him the other day.
1: Okay, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, and we want <laughs> uh, I, I encouraged him. Oh, okay. I knew you needed help.
1: That's and good. so I
0: encouraged him to get involved uh-huh. in that area. And so now. Question, if you could have, if there was no uh, limitation, how many Bibles could you use right now?
1: Mm, Very many. We would need like uh, 4,000. 4,000. Yeah.
0: All right. And those, just so people know, that we have to get those from the Bible Society in the eastern part of the country, we have been printing Bibles, which has been saving money. But what is the cost per Bible at the Bible Society?
1: Mm, now you can calculate with me. Um, it is 30, 30, thirty-five thousand shillings.
0: Okay, so that's about nine seven, eight, dollars. Nine dollars. Nine yes. eighty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's U.S. dollars. Yes. So we're talking about thirty-six thousand dollars to provide the necessary Bibles that could be used immediately in your area. Now I do know, and I want to let the people know that we're, we're about to print the church age book Mm -hmm. and we're going to print 4,000 copies of that at least. Mm -hmm. And that is under the sponsorship of end time message tabernacle in Edmonton. I love that. And so that will be done this year, Lord willing. Mm -hmm. So the church age books are paid for, Mm -hmm. but Bibles are needed and they're very expensive. You know, they're, They're much more expensive than printing a church age book. And so people can remember that in prayer. These are real needs. Now, just to confirm, or I hate to bring up another need, nevertheless, there are always congregations that are coming into the message that lose their building. Is that happening in your area? Sure.
1: Now that is another challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I've been on the front line, Mm-hmm. You know what is taking place there. Exactly. You see, when you go into a church, they have invited you. You know the devil is not that foolish. And he does not run away like that. Devil is not foolish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, uh, this is the pastor who invites you in his church, and you preach and preach and preach. Finally, It is not the whole church that is going to accept the message. Right, exactly. And the headquarters will rise up. Mm -hmm. So what happens? A group of people moves out. Right. Now when they move out, they are looking to you now. Mm -hmm. Where do we go? Right. Either you rent a room for them, Mm -hmm. but finally you know that you have to get a place for worship for these people.
0: Right, right.
1: Like, for example, now in Kasese area,
0: mm-hmm.
1: currently we have five groups that need that help. Okay. That's five good. groups.
0: Good. Five churches need to be built. Now, just so people understand, and I had I had this question asked of me the other day, so I'm going to bring it up on air. In Uganda, because the vast majority, when I say vast majority, we're talking 99 plus percent of the people walk to church. Yes. So the distance between churches is quite small compared to North America, yeah. but it's but it's because they have to walk. Mm-hmm. So what is What is a would you say a maximum distance for a person to walk to church? Five miles, ten miles? How how far before we need it? Before they need another church? Like that's my point. Is that the churches can be what twenty kilometers apart and service that whole area, or what are we talking here?
1: Mm, the churches I'm talking about, oh, they are far in distance. Mm. Like from Kasese, one church that I'm talking about is in Kanungu, around 200 kilometers away. Mm-hmm. Then another church, they're, they're apart. No, but what I mean is that... Yeah, I, I got the point. Now, yeah. each church, mm-hmm. you find that uh, believers, there are those who are near... Mm-hmm. But there are those who are far, right? And those who are far, they are—they are like twenty kilometers.
0: Twenty kilometers is considered far from the church. Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Is that about
2: thirty-five minutes, forty minutes walking? Walking twenty kilometers? Come on! (laughs) What do you mean?
1: (laughs) Two hours, three hours, four hours.
0: 35 <laughs> minutes driving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can drive 20 kilometers, 20, well, I guess in the road. Yeah, to Uganda. That makes more sense In now. North America. Yeah. Huh? But okay.
1: look here, this is a person who's climbing here. Yeah,
2: okay. The landscape is different also. Yeah, the it's landscape is different. infrastructure is different. In
1: fact, others come on Saturday and spend the night at the church and fellowship. If we have two services, he will go back on Monday.
0: Wow. A good walking pace is five kilometers an hour. Yeah. When you're talking about adults, children Mm. combined, all of that. Right. So you're 20 kilometers is four hours. Yeah. Wow. To get to church. Mm. To get to church on foot. On foot. Aye. That's the reality. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's, 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 uh, Foreign to definitely foreign to us here it in is. North America, <laughs> where we all drive to church or take a bus or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah,
1: you need to be there. Yeah, to know what is taking place.
0: Now you've done a lot of translation in Runya Katara, yes. and it's wonderful. Yeah, um, I didn't look at the numbers that are on the message hub right now, but it's in the hundreds. I know, and uh, you're continuing to translate. I know you were working on a message even today. Yes, and so uh, that's that's. Uh, Huge blessing. Uh, who's printing your books? Who, What's happening for printing books there?
1: Yeah, we started the printing. Uh, that is in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thank God and may God rest his soul in eternal peace, Brother Harold. Mm-hmm. It started like uh, he liked the way the magazine impacted right. uh, our area. Mm-hmm. So I remember he said, I'm going to, Help the translation of the magazine. Okay. But finally, we went into the messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did, uh, we started in a humble way. Uh, you need to be in the and I show you we started by writing in textbooks. Okay. And uh, proofreading by writing red. Okay. And then reproofreading by writing red. Right. Finally, we went to another stage. Uh, We we, we were given computers.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. What we did, uh, we uh, four on the translation team. Uh, uh, We decided. It was like, you know, whatever starts has an end. Mm -hmm. So we have started this translation, but we know it will end someday. But we want... If the ends, we would have done something for our people. Amen. So here we have an opportunity. Brother Harold wants to is so sponsoring the, the, the printing and the translation. We say now, let us start on the church Age book after the magazine. Right. We did that. Mm-hmm. Let us go on the series. We did that. Then we agreed with us with ourselves that let us first translate big volumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in those big volumes, you find that there is all doctrine. Right. So we finish the all those, the demonology, seventy books of Dani, everything. Today we have translated more than one hundred and forty Runyakhtara messages. Wonderful. But I think on the message hub there is around eighty. One twenty-nine
2: messages on the message hub. Oh okay. that includes tracts. That includes twenty-five tracks. Yes. So it would be
0: 104 messages and twenty-five tracks. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: So we are that far. Amen. Uh, like uh, I was telling that when you, you texted me that you, uh, you are coming, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was struggling with the court. Right. Uh, in the in the message, Zacchaeus, the businessman. <laughs> and you know when you are in the middle of the court, eh, you don't want any disturbances. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You want for us to finish it.
0: So you delayed my coming. Yeah. As long as you're not delaying the Lord's coming. Uh-huh. That's
1: all say. <laughs> So we we have translated more than 140 messages. Amen. Because each year we produce uh, at least four messages Mm -hmm. and each message uh, 4,000 copies. And it is uh, the the end the message, Tevinaku Edmonton, that have been behind the translation since then up to now.
0: Amen. They're a very missions-minded church, and God bless them for all of their labors. I know they've been involved in Uganda as well as other countries, and we thank God for them and their labors. Brother Ed Hammermeister, now the pastor there, carrying on the vision of Brother Hildebrand. Yeah,
1: and we, we liked that. Of course, when Brother Harold uh, went ahead, it was like, ha, we don't know what the new administration will bring. Mm-hmm. Because when the change of God happens, new policies. <laughs> sure. But I was happy when Brother Ed uh, promised us, you see, in... Um, In April, he came. Mm -hmm. We were with him uh, in April meetings.
0: Okay. April of this year, he was in Uganda. Yeah,
1: he was in Uganda and uh, he met ministers. Mm -hmm. And the question was, what about the translation? Mm. We wanted to hear from him and we were happy. Amen. We were happy when he said, yeah, we are continuing with the translation. Amen. In fact, the ministers were saying, we want the COD. Mm -hmm. We want the COD. (laughs) But of course, uh, when we reached the hotel, he said, Do you, you translators, do you think that the COD is a priority? We said no. Mm-hmm. Because we know through experience, it took us like a year and a half to produce the seven churches book. Right. Mm-hmm. It took us the same amount of time, even a little bit more, to have the seven seals. So if you go into the COD it can take 3 years. Exactly. Now, 3 years if we we are producing 5 copies per month in 3 years would have produced more.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: But we thank God that brother Eddie has continued with the vision of Brother Harold. Amen. Amen. And
0: it's a it's a great example that the message hub is not just Cloverdale Bible Way. Sure. The Message Hub is a cooperative work amongst churches and translators all around the that world. That is true. And we are thankful for everyone that is involved and and uh, makes the Message Hub an access point to
1: Yeah, over- because uh, we are using the Message Hub in the translation. Mm-hmm. Because you see on the Message Hub, there are languages. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I'm translating, I bring the English version then I bring the Swahili to compare with them okay then we use the Kinyarwanda okay you know Runyakitara is near Kinyarwanda right so now I get uh, I get uh, a paragraph I see how the Swahili uh, translated it right and I see how the Kinyarwanda translated mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and I see how the Kiganda translated it mm. and then I sift. and I bring it into my language. Amen. So the message hub is really helping us in that area. It's a good
0: approach.
2: (laughs) That's
0: wonderful.
1: Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. And
0: uh, Brother James, I just want to, you know, give you one last opportunity. If there's anything else you want to share with the people, we've come to the end of our time. But uh, thank you for being here today, and uh, we really appreciate you sharing with us the burden of your heart which was really the burden of the word of the Lord in your area
1: and in your language. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim, for giving me an opportunity. I know this is going very far. We need prayers. We need support. We need your involvement. Each one of us, God gave him the assignment. Amen. In Uganda, the revival is going on. Mm -hmm. To the extent now that our our worry is people are going to get used Mm. because it is like a usual occurrence, but you never get used to God. Yeah, yeah. Combined efforts together, the blessing is there for us. Amen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and God bless you.
0: Thank you for being with us,
2: Brother James. Amen. Thank you, Brother James. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in once more. We've been so privileged just this month to have this man of God come by our way and share the experience with us. And Brother Benham talks about the uh, the football analogy. He says when somebody has a ball, you want to block for them and not try to take the ball off of them. And that's what we want to do for Uganda and this men that are packing the ball. We want to block for them and support them and pray for them. So once again, thank you. Until next time, God bless you. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God.